Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. So we we ended our last uh, rapid-fire session uh, asking Brother David about uh, Leviticus 12 and women being unclean for certain periods of time, and, and I didn't quite get a chance to ask a follow-up, but uh, Brother David, I was wondering, uh, today, how long are women unclean for uh, when they have a baby. All right, duck. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the New Testament. We're under grace. Jesus paid it all on the cross. Yeah, don't, don't answer that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> say like, yeah, that's a great no, We're going to get canceled. We're going to get the like, podcast canceled. Uh, like, like, we're going to get censored. <laughs> Until they come home from the hospital. Yeah, my couch yeah, isn't that be. comfortable either. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't like this floor. So, so, anyway, what do we have? Did the, did the listener answer that? ask that question? That was, a, that was, uh, no, that no, was your question. Yeah, that was just an extension of the question. Clarity, just sneaking it in there. Question. All right, so our next question is going to go back to Brother Steve. We're going, to, we're going to stay in Leviticus. And, you know, this, this sounds strange, but Leviticus is probably my second favorite book of the Bible. I love the book of Leviticus. I love but the it. questions, man. The questions. Can I get something from the New Testament? You, guys, you, you got pitch, all Old Testaments. You're pitching these kinds of bone. I know. We got so much faith in you. So what's your first favorite? First Timothy. Love First Timothy. First Timothy. And then Leviticus. And then Leviticus. That makes sense. Hey, can anybody <laughs> guess what my favorite uh, book in the Bible is? Maps. <laughs> Numbers, <laughs> you got it. Yeah, <laughs> I like Judges. Judges is like the most X-rated book in the Bible. So oh, that's not, not your grandma's Bible. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. You, you didn't go to Silent Silent Solomon? Well, it's that's Brother Derek. I'm married. Uh, yeah. pre, pre-marriage, it was X-rated. Right now, yeah. it's like ah. All right, we're gonna be back in Leviticus chapter nineteen. I snuck that in there. Uh, I had to get that one, Brother Derek. All right, Brother Steve, uh, re- referencing Leviticus 19, these list of uh, commands in there, the, the listener asks, why do we still honor some but not all of these commands? Things like witchcraft are still evil and sinful, but men shave their beards and cut their hair. Why, why can we eat medium rare steaks but stealing is wrong? Where in the Bible does it tell us which we can do and which we can't do? I understand that Jesus was sent to take away all our sins. I just don't understand why some are acceptable today and some are not? It's a great question. That's a good question. I do want to clarify for the listener that I have a personal theology about medium rare steaks and I, I don't think that we're supposed to eat them uh, based on, but that's a whole probably a whole nother podcast. Uh, but outside, that's a great question. Um, I, I can't expound on it much like Brother David did. I just have to say, I don't really know. But the reality is this. What we have to consider is, is, is a, the difference between the law. Uh, we hear terminology all throughout the Old Testament, New Testament. The law, the prophets, okay, um, the, the, the book of the law. I, I mean, first and foremost, the first five books that are penned by Moses, uh, predominantly by Moses, he had uh, a secondary author, you know, that, that picked up after he died. But those books are written by Moses, and they're uh, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy is considered the law, the Torah. Okay, so we we look at everything contained in those books and classify it as the law. 
But the reality is this. The law itself is what Brother Michael referred to. The law is the Ten Commandments. This is the law that has been given to mankind uh, from God, and this is the, the aspects of our moral compass. This is what guides every aspect of our life. Everything else, and we learned this in Exodus chapter 20, Moses has uh, been given the Ten Commandments, right? And, you know, he explains that. But beyond that, once we move into uh, Exodus chapter 21, all of these, all of these dietary uh commands, and I'm using the air quotes, all of these things are really classified as ordinances. So God gave the law. This is the moral compass to which I want you to follow. And then you're a people that have been set apart. I'm in a personal covenant with you, so I want you to be different than all the rest of the world. So in that, I'm going to direct you how I want you to live. So the law basically guided and laid a spiritual foundation, the ordinances, these 613 Levitical, and again, I'm doing air quotes, laws, are really ordinances that, guide, that, that was a guide for the social foundation, how he wanted them to live, how he wanted to rectify situations. Don't do things as the world did. Here's how I want you to live set apart. So they were ordinances and not necessarily commands. So when we move into the New Testament, and one of the greatest examples of that is in Acts chapter 10. We know that Peter sent, he's really the first missionary to the Gentile, right? Uh, to the Gentiles. And he goes to a man by the name of Cornelius. Cornelius is obviously a Roman uh, centurion. He's, he's a Roman soldier of some, but he's a God-fearer. The Bible says he's a God-fearer. That doesn't mean he's saved, okay? That means that he had a respect for the one true God. And God, as he does even today, when somebody, when somebody is interested, when their heart is yearning to know more about God, God's going to get somebody in their path. So he sent Peter. And y'all remember what happened? Peter was a Jew of, uh, of Jews. Mm -hmm. and, and he had never, he'd followed the law, you know, the dietary laws. And, you know, it was, it was considered unclean for a Jew to go to a Gentile's house. And Peter's like in a quandary over because God's sending them to take the gospel to Cornelius. And in that, God uh, reveals himself in a dream and tells Peter basically to do away with dietary laws from this point forward. Don't worry about anything. Whatever I've created uh, is clean for you to eat. Peter had never, I mean, he'd never had bacon. Come on. Mm. Listen, I'm I rocked his world. I'm sorry, you know, and I say that bacon makes the world go round. I mean, bacon uh, can make everything better. I've once said that, like, we we would do a better job of missions and evangelism to Muslims if that if we would just take them bacon, because <laughs> bacon makes everything better. But we got <laughs> floppy bacon or crunchy bacon. No, I like crunchy. It's oh, got to be somewhere in between. Floppy baby, crunchy. I want to pick it up and just watch it have wings and bounce. Oh, so so that's why, what's wrong. Why with do you? all of our podcasts go back to food? Is we're it Baptist. because we're all fat. <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh, he goes. God really just does away with the with, with the dietary laws. Jesus had really made reference before this, even when he was, you know, as they were traveling together before Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. You know, he said it's not what goes into a mouth that makes a person 
unclean. It's what comes out of the heart that makes them unclean. So he was even, you know, making reference to it doesn't matter what you eat. So there was a point in time where these ordinances were imperative for God's people to, to help them to live a set-apart life from the rest of the world. But then there came a time where these things needed to be tweaked in order for the gospel to move forward. So there's kind of a transitional period, but we have to remember the main thing. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, don't think that I've come to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill the law. So that reference to the law helps us to know that it goes back to the Ten Commandments. And there, Jesus perfectly satisfied, never violating any of the law that he had given to us as mankind to guide our moral and spiritual lives. Okay, He fulfilled that, but the ordinances obviously were uh, mechanisms of social aspect and fellowship among his people. That's why some of those things don't change, uh, and some of those things do change. So they're not necessarily law, they're ordinances. And um, throughout time, uh, they are tweaked. Mm. Uh, I don't know, how did I do on time? On well, if Y'all could... took my time uh, when you started talking about floppy bacon. Just under, just under a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your buzzer? I thought Brother Michael was running our buzzer. No, nah, we don't need one. Let's go ahead. Ephesians says, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Well, I love that. And the fact mm-hmm. that, I mean, like he's, he's stealing, like he's, he's not playing by the rules, this Brother David. Yeah. But it's okay. Because Jesus, you know, I mean, there's grace there. But let me add to that as well, because I think the listener said, why do we follow some and why do we not? Mm -hmm. I mean, the bottom line is this. There's some that just make sense to us now. Will the law ever be tweaked? The law, no. Okay. The Ten Commandments. I think that's important. Never be modified. It is. Ten Commandments, universal, all humanity. Period. And, and then, but as far as the ordinances, there's some that just make sense. We're talking about witchcraft and, and all of that. Um, you know, this is evil. And this is what, why God said, hey, you know, re- refrain from this. He's not going to change uh, anything that, that has to do with, that's going to be detrimental to our spiritual well-being. Uh, again, we go over to Leviticus and some of the sexual laws, some of the, you know, the, the, the sexual boundaries that God set. Um, he set those that make sense, so let's don't cross them. When it comes to eating medium rare steaks, he said, don't eat blood. I think that still makes sense today, even though I said I wasn't going to mention the medium rare steak because I mess up people's eating, especially Brother David. He likes that thing just bloody. Still kicking. I do. Yeah. I, mean, I want like you got to make sure it's dead. I want to put a Band-Aid on it and hear it move. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. Mm. So anyway, all right. That's um, my answer. Okay, three times. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all right. All right, brother Derek, we're gonna go. Man, we're staying back here. Let's take a break, and then when we come back from the break, go with brother Derek. All right.
Hey, listening audience, I want to come before you and tell you about a great opportunity for your child. You've been hearing about Grace Baptist Academy. If you live in our area, you know about Grace Baptist Academy and already the reputation that uh, it is unfolded in the community with its excellence of education and uh, great biblical sound, uh, biblical principles that are instituted as the un, you know, as the foundation of learning. So I want to come and tell you and let you know that registration is about to begin. Now we're going to be enrolling our plan for Grace Baptist Academy is to add a grade every year. So as we brought on kindergarten in this second year of Grace Baptist Academy, going into our third year, into our fall semester, we will bring on first grade. So we want you to know about that opportunity. Registration will begin at the 1st of April. And uh, you can go on our website, find out more about Grace Baptist Academy and how Grace Baptist Academy might just be the choice for your child's education. If you want uh, Christian education, uh, great teachers, great um, academic uh, excellence, if, if, you're, if this is what you're looking for, and most of all, consistency in the school year, we've at a low cost to you. And uh, I'll go ahead and let you know that our tuition for our upcoming 2021, or I'm sorry, 2021, 22 school year, is going to be $5,300. That's all inclusive. So everything from uniforms to everything your child needs is in a one-stop financial package. So if you wanted to know more about that, please go to our website at www.gbcspringfield.org and click on the Grace Baptist Academy tab and it'll navigate you to everything you need. I hope to see your student in August of 2021. All right, Brother Derek, we're going to go back to uh, Exodus. Mm-hmm. Hang and on in the Old Testament. That's right. Something that Brother Michael had, had referenced previously. Uh, the question is from Exodus 32. And it reads like this, Aaron created the golden calf that the Israelites were worshiping, but he was not punished. So what gives? So I I think this is a really good question. And uh, to kind of set the scene, right, this is where uh, Moses has gone up to the mountain. He's with God. And apparently he's up there too long for the Israelites. So they decide that, well, you know what? We need a new God. We need, you need to do something, Aaron. So he makes this calf and they begin worshiping. And so quickly God tells Moses, you need to come back down. And so with this question, I really think the best way to answer is really to walk through the scripture and see see what's going on. Because, And I, I want to say this, Moses, this is such a great passage to read because it's, it's one of those moments where Moses is reflecting a Christ-like quality. And what we see is Moses intercedes for the people. So, so when it comes to the punishment, we see that God is ready to just start over. As a brother Michael had mentioned, he says in Exodus 32.10, God is saying, leave me alone so that my anger can burn against them and I can destroy them. Then I'll make you into a great nation. Like, let me, I'm just going to start over with Moses. I'm, I'm, I'm done with these people. They keep complaining and now they've made another, a golden calf, right? So, and that includes Aaron. Aaron would have been in that group that would have been wiped out. 
But instead, Moses pleads for them to be spared. Uh, Starting the next verse, in verse 11, it says, But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, why does your anger burn against your people you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a strong hand? Why should the Egyptians be able to say he, w- he brought them out with an evil intent to kill them in the mountains and eliminate them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger and relent concerning this disaster plan for your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You swore to them by yourself and declared, I will make you make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and will give your offspring all the land that I have promised and they will inherit it forever. So Lord relented concerning this disaster he had said he would bring on his people. So we see that God decides uh, to just spare the people, right? This is what they deserve that. And this is where I say this is a, a Christ-like situation that we can see in the Old Testament where Moses is, is asking the people to be spared when they don't deserve it. Right, and, and the question is, why was he not punished? Well, he should have been. But, but Moses is the one that allows him to be spared. Now, I know what it's talking about is it does not say that Aaron had to drink the water that was filled, that the, um, the golden calf was crushed up into. And, and we don't see whether or not that happened. But that's not the true punishment that we see. Every single person in this camp was given the option to repent. Uh, as we continue through the story, we see that Moses then confronts the people, says all he's saying, he says that Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them get out of control, right? Aaron's at fault. Aaron has done a terrible job of what he's supposed to do. It says that making them a laughingstock to their enemies. And Moses stood at the camp's entrance and said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites gathered around him. So, right, the, the scene is uh, Moses comes off the mountain he, he's, he's, he's there in, with them, and he says, all right, everybody make a decision. You want to stick with this calf? You want to stick with this fake God? You're welcome to do that. Everybody else, come to me. Right? And, and we see that Aaron ends up repenting. Now, this is, one again, once again, we see that Aaron, there is a sense Aaron is punished because things don't go well for him and his family after this. Right? His son, sons die. They, they, they don't enter the promised land. We, we see all these things happen, but here we see that Aaron does repent because as we know, he continues to go on through the story because everybody that does not repent here is slaughtered by the Levites, right? It says 3,000 men were killed. And, and so the point of the story is he is not punished because he repents. And right, said, so you can make an argument that he's punished later, that the, the sin and the issues that he brought up come back around, but... but here, it, it's really, this is a story of Israel being once again spared from the destruction that they deserve. And instead of God wiping them all out, he gives them another chance through Moses. Stand by Moses, repent of what you've done. If you choose not to do that, you're wiped out. If Aaron would have chosen not to repent, he would have been slaughtered along with everybody else. It didn't matter that he had the status that he did. And so in this situation, that's why he's not punished. It's just simply repentance. So it's not that he was given special treatment. No, no. There, is, there really is no special treatment here. It's just simply come to this side or be wiped out. And Brother Caleb, just under a minute. Just under oh, a minute. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> under a minute. We got those internal clocks. Like, I don't think they could have just said turn or burn. 
I mean, that would have been the, been the five seconds. There we answer. go. That, that's Glenn's uh, answer when I tell him he's got to preach our director of operations. Yeah. He says, "Well, all right, my sermon short. Turn or burn." <laughs> like I don't know if there's a there's an Old Testament question you can answer in under a minute because it, it's just so. I mean, you did a great job. It was just right at. It's like fifty nine. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I, I'm impressed. This time must be really flexible for us. <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about God who's eternal. There we go. Days like a thousand years. Oh, is that a question? No, no, okay. no. I'm not going to get into that. Well, <laughs> our next question is for Brother Michael. Brother Michael, this one, this has the potential to be short. It has the potential. I think I can do this in under a minute if you ask me the right one. Okay. I think he's over six feet. Good question. All right. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, Jesus references... Why does he get a New Testament question? None of us got a New Testament question. Well, You want Leviticus. I certainly didn't get a New Testament question. Well, we've got, we're have got we heading in the New Testament direction the here. The Lord's favor will not be questioned. Amen. There you go. Hey, hold on. Lower you ask the question because, you know, Brother David's got such great questions. Literally. No kidding. Uh, I got a question about uh, a woman's menstrual cycle <laughs> that's written in Levitical law. What we're is bringing that? that ne- we're bringing oh, that yeah, next, yeah. next episode. He's our resident <laughs> expert on the. I think we need to bring in uh, material. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Good All right, this, go all right, brother Michael. Uh, in Matthew chapter seven, verse twelve, Jesus references the law and the prophets. So put simply, what are the law and the prophets? Can I read Matthew chapter 7, <laughs> verse 12? Can I do that? Oh, okay, no answer. Okay, I'm going to read it anyway. Yes. So here's what he says, Matthew chapter 7. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also for them. For this is the law of the prophets. And the question is, what, what does this mean when Jesus is talking about the law and then Jesus is talking about the prophets. Um, I want to read another verse to you that I feel like helps answer this question. So this is Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, an expert in the law, that's the first five books of the Bible, a lawyer, asked a question to to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? The first five books of the Bible. And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You will love your neighbor as yourself. He's going back, and this is kind of where the golden rule is at. Um, and then verse 40, On these two commandments depend on all the law and the prophets. So basically, I think what the question is, what is the law and the prophets? Very, very simply put, when Jesus is referring to the law and the prophets, he is referring to the Old Testament, I feel like, in its entirety. Okay, the, the law and the prophets. And Jesus here is clearing up, listen, the entire point of the Old Testament is for you and I to understand that we have two purposes in life. Love God with everything that you have, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love people. It's the entire point of life. L1 and L2. So I think the Law and the Prophets is, is Jesus' way of referencing the Old Testament. The prophetic writers that come proclaim things about him. The entire point, two things. Love God, love people. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't think I made it under a minute. but That's close. I was just going to read close. the Bible. Sorry. And, and you know, something, something that's interesting is that the, the books that we think about, we, we have this categorization of books 
the Jews didn't always think about the books in the same way. Like for instance, uh, Joshua and Judges to Jews are considered prophets. They're considered prophetic books. And so uh, I, I agree 100% with you that Law and Prophets references the Old Testament in its entirety. Uh, but that's just something to think about, that sometimes our, our classifications may, may differ a little bit from theirs. Hey, listen to this. I'm going to read this too. This is Luke chapter 24, verse 27. And Jesus is nearing the end of his ministry, and he's revealing himself to, to his disciples. He, he's told them three times, I'm going to die, be crucified, be raised again. They still don't get it. But he says this in Luke chapter 24 to his disciples. And beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them in all of the scriptures the things that concerned himself. So Jesus sits down with his disciples and goes from the, all of the law and all the prophets and points out every single time where all of those foreshadowings are pointing to him. He's saying the entire Old Testament, it's about me. Mm. And when Jesus is on this Mount of Transfiguration, uh, he, who, who's he meeting with? Mo uh, Moses and Elijah, right? Yeah. The representatives of the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think you're onto something there. Well, guys, let's take a, a break. And do you got any more questions? I've got just a few more. All right, let's take a break. You're listening to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church or any of its affiliates, please go online to www.gbcspringfield.org or simply write to us via email at podcast at gbcspringfield.org. We'd love to hear from you. Let's continue now listening as our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guest continue to give biblical insight to your toughest theological questions. Hey, Brother Caleb, before you ask these last questions, we had a guest pop into the studio. So we are glad to have Brother Bob Carroll, who we always reference as the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And we have to define GOAT because Brother Bob, like he got, he took offense to that. Yeah, I, I was literally telling somebody yesterday that for the first full year that I met you, brother Bob, I called you the goat, and you came to me later and you thought that I was talking about when Jesus separates the sheep <laughs> from the goats, and I was calling you a goat. That's what I, said, I love oh. about him. He's always biblical. Yeah, that's right. he's always biblical. That's right. right. You can every, count on every that. thought captive. Brother Bob, how's things going? Wonderful, blessed beyond measure. You just got back from a, a month long uh, trip. From Florida, yeah, fishing trip. So, yes, so while we were fishing for men, you were fishing for fish. I was fishing for men as well. Well, good, good. Well, we sure did miss you. You got a nice tan going on. Oh, I like that. that. Yeah, you got a little bit of that natural vitamin D. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for popping in and joining us, brother. Kate, we got some questions. I do. I do. We're going. This to, is still uh, rapid fire session, right? This is it's supposed to be rapid fire. We may have to change from That's Caleb's a, corner rapid fire to Caleb's corner fire. Just fire. Yes. Yeah, slow fire. Yeah. Slow burn. Slow burn. Yeah. I like it. We're going to jump over uh, back to Brother David. We're getting in here into the New Testament again in the book of Matthew. Uh, Brother David, in Matthew 24, 22, it says that pray that your escape may not be in winter or on a Sabbath. What does this mean? Uh, great question. <laughs> you need to consider uh, anytime you pick out a verse and you're asking a question, 
you'll do yourself well to understand the context of the chapter. Read the chapter to get a little insight, maybe into that specific verse that you're talking about. So when you look at chapter 24, it's talking about the signs of Christ's return. And then it's also talking about perilous uh, times. So Matthew 24 is weaving together the teachings of Jesus on two aspects about the coming judgment. He's talking about the coming destruction of Jerusalem in the last days and the coming of Jesus at the end of the world. And so every sign that he's talking about here is, uh, whether it's a famine or an earthquake, is a reminder that it's going to be a difficult day. And so when he talks about, uh, specifically in this verse, that um, it'd be better if it was not in winter or Sabbath, it's simply saying the, the, the persecution, the oppression, the difficulty, the perilous times is greater on a Sabbath because travel restrictions, because it's supposed to be the day of rest. Um, then he says um, that it wouldn't be in winter. Well, that, that's obvious again. Your travel would be greatly, uh, the difficulty would be greatly increased. When we had a snowstorm, uh, a few weeks ago, um, traveling was difficult. Uh, how much more if you didn't have a car? Uh, what if you had a donkey? What if you had to walk? And so it's simply saying that we hope that the, it's uh, in these perilous times, that it's not on the Sabbath, that it's not in winter. And so it's just adding kind of illustrative material to the difficulty of the, the desolation of Jerusalem and the coming of the Lord in the end times. Mm. Oh, that's good. Good and short. Hey, the shortest we've had. That's a true from, rapid fire. From uh, the, the, the David, the Dodger, David level. So that's the impressive. shortest answer from the smartest person in the room. That's impressive. Smart aleck doesn't count. <laughs> All right, Brother Michael, we're going to jump back to you sure. for your last question. Back to Leviticus. What do you know? Yes. yes. <laughs> Leviticus chapter 20, verse 9, uh, it talks about that if someone curses his father or mother or, or see in other places if a person uh, performs an act of adultery, they're to be put to death. But why couldn't the person offer a sin or guilt offering for, for these acts of, of cursing father or mother or committing adultery? Because you can't give an offering when you're dead. Mm. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, <laughs> Not, what, do you, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, I mean, like, if they follow the law and it says that they're to be put to death, there's, you can't give an offering if somebody's dead. I like it. So I'm going with that, no, but I, I think, like but it, let, me, but... let, me, let me maybe rephrase the question. So the question is, uh, why are these, why do we have to put them to death and not offer an offering? Well, obviously, God feels very, very strongly about these two sins. So out of these two sins, what larger list do these two sins come from? The Ten Commandments. Yeah, the Ten Commandments, right? These are two of the Ten Commandments. And really, and I could be wrong on this, but I don't think I am, violating any of the commandments from one through seven. Okay, so that worship the Lord your God. Don't create any graven image. Uh, don't say the Lord's name in vain. Honoring the Sabbath. Honoring your parents. Not murdering and not committing adultery. I, I believe that any violation of any of those seven, that, that there is a death penalty involved. Am I right on that? 
as far as I remember. I mean, I think I, I could be I could be wrong on that. Bro, Bob would refer to you on that. It could well be. I'm not sure. Yeah. Hey, man. I, I was hoping you said that because I had no idea. <laughs> I, I don't know why there's not given an option for these two sins, but it's obvious that God feels very, very strongly um, about these sins. Um, and it's interesting, you know, the fifth commandment, honoring your parents, is the only commandment with promise. And the promise is long life. Well, you can't have long life if you're put to death for dishonoring your parents. So I don't know why there's not an escape goat for these, but here's my question. How many parents do you think stoned their kids for cursing them? Well, how many want to or actually did? No, how many did? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like... Right, so how many did? I, I don't know of any. Okay, let's go with adultery. How many people uh, were stoned because of adultery? When Jesus, when they drag the lady out, and she has committed adultery, and it's clear. They call right? her an act. Right, it's clear. There's no argument. She she did commit adultery. But Jesus redirects the conversation and says, okay, yeah, let's stone her. Whoever hasn't sinned, you get to throw the first stone. Well, let's, let's look at that for just a minute. And this, uh, I want to add to that. Because if you think about it for adultery uh, in terms of a provision, uh, you... you the, or, or the, the reality is that Moses at some point, and it's not clear, we're not given um, any indication in the scripture. The ordinance was written for the, the breaking of the command of that aspect of the law, adultery, which, by the way, is not just a husband cheating on his wife or a wife cheating on her husband. Adultery encompasses all sexual immorality. But in, in the aspect of a the infidelity between a husband and wife, there is a provision. We don't know when it was given. We don't know. Uh, I mean, we're not given specifically that, but we know that Jesus himself talked about Moses allowing a writ of divorce. So at some point, there was a, uh, through the mercy and grace of God, there was a alternative outlet given for adultery other than moving it from a capital punishment mm. to a civil punishment uh, that could be the marriage could be absolved by divorce now it's never God's plan this is why God said you know Moses gave you a certificate of divorce because the hardness of your hearts but God never intended that way he said what God put together let no man put asunder so it's never God's direction uh, for divorce However, it was a provision of, of relinquishing on the death penalty for certain cases of sexual immorality, and that is infidelity or adultery. So I'll just throw that in there. I don't know where we go from there. Mm. I say we go to Brother David Level, bring us home. <laughs> Can you do it? <laughs> Can you do it for us? Always. Hey, did you see that, Brother Bob? They just smoothed right by. I know it. Uh, I, I know thought it. it was a great answer. I like it. I think yeah. it's so, yeah. great. so good that yeah. I didn't need anything added to it. Yeah. yeah, no. You okay, smoothed. Thank you, Brother Derek. That you smoothed that right No, there, they smoothed right oh, away. They, they smoothed. That was all that I needed. It's greasing them skids. All right, Brother David, we got 30 seconds. You got the last question. What is that question? All right, here it is. Last question. Back to Matthew, chapter 27. Verse 52, uh, the listener asks, After Jesus' resurrection, tombs were opened, bodies of saints were raised, and uh, they ask, 
were these all his followers that had passed away? But the bodies of saints were raised and entered the holy city and appeared to many. So were they then taken up to heaven? Um, right, hang on. Mm-hmm. The spirit of Alex. Go ahead. <laughs> um, let me do this as quickly as I know how. The, Matthew's the only one that includes this in his narrative. That doesn't make it any less important or any less biblical. It happened just the way Matthew said it happened. Jesus was the first fruit uh, of a resurrection. And so uh, my tendency is to think that this happened after the resurrection of Jesus. It was further of proof and confirmation of uh, his resurrection over the dead. These were not all of his followers. They were some of the righteous followers. Uh, They were selected. Now, there was an earthquake, it says in verse 51. That was an intelligent earthquake. That was not a random haphazard event. That was part of the plan of God because it was the earthquake which opened up the, the tombs. But they were all pointing to the fact that Jesus is no longer in the tomb and his followers are no longer in the tomb and that by his grace and by his goodness and him conquering death we conquer death through Jesus and we have eternal life as well and so I think it's a comfort and it says further on a couple of verses uh, even the ones who put Jesus uh, on the cross realized that they were in the presence of God Mm. Mm. all right Man, that's a good that's a good way to end, and I feel like we can't really title this episode "Rapid Fire" because it'd be false advertisement, and we'd probably be sued. So, uh, how about slow roast? Slow roast, I like that. I like Caleb's slow burn. <clears throat> slow burn, slow roast, whatever. Just nothing, <laughs> nothing that indicates anything quick about it. All right, well, guys, thank you again for uh, your participation in the studio. Thank you, brother Bob, for stopping by and being our special guest. Uh, why, don't, why don't you lead us to our outro and uh, well, just lay out the importance of everything we talked about and, and the fact that the Bible points us to Jesus. And Brother Bob, tell us what Jesus has done for our life. Oh my. He's given us salvation. He's given us, uh, for me, I, I recall when I was saved and the, the biggest thing that he did that day, he took a burden off me. Mm. He took all that old guilt and that fear of hell and fear of dying. He took all that fear away. He gave me peace and joy. And, uh, oh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I couldn't even begin to, to tell all that the Lord has done for me and is doing for me. And, uh, but uh, to be able to uh, uh, have his word and to be able to read it, to see him in it, uh, for him to reveal himself to us in it, uh, to teach us and grow us and shape us and mold us, uh, if we're teachable, if we're willing for that, if our heart is open to that, and uh, to be able to look into the Word of God and find the answers to almost any question that we have. The Bible tells us how to live. God is all about wanting us to live with Him and live in joy and peace, to grow and to mature uh, and to be involved in his kingdom's work. It is, the Bible is the word of God. Amen. And uh, so I can't say any, anything stronger than that. It is the word of the eternal God. If you'd like to know more about this kind of experience that you can have with the living Lord Jesus Christ, listen to our outro. We'd love nothing more 
than to talk to you about a relationship with Jesus and help foster your fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.